Today, it's December 12th, and it's the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, a huge feast for Latin Americans, and as we learned last week, Filipinos too. This feast day was always a big one in my life, as my parish in Panama was Our Lady of Guadalupe. I grew very familiar to the life-size statue of the Lady from Heaven, with a cloak decorated with stars and standing over a half moon. Our church also has a huge stained glass window of Juan Diego collecting the flowers, which in winter was a miracle. But let me back up. In the year 1531, a lady from heaven appeared to a peasant by the name of Juan Diego just outside Mexico City. She said to him, know for certain that I am the perfect and perpetual Virgin Mary, mother of the true God, and instructed him to have the bishop build a temple on the site. Juan Diego was not too sure about this, and Mary said to him, Do not be afraid. Am I not here? Am I not your mother? As proof of her apparition, she left an image of herself imprinted miraculously on his tilma after he had collected these flowers that wouldn't have been there in the winter. He collected flowers, and when he delivered the flowers to the bishop, the image of Our Lady was imprinted on his tilma. This is a poor quality cactus cloth which should have deteriorated in 20 years or so but shows no sign of decay almost 500 years later and still defies all scientific explanations of its origin. This single event, true or not, was the defining event for Catholicism in Mexico and in Latin America. In less than 20 years, some 9 million Mexicans were converted to Christianity. Guadalupe is also the most popular Marian shrine in the world, with an estimated 10 million pilgrims visiting the Basilica each year. And it is also the most visited Catholic church in the world next to the Vatican. That's pretty cool. So, on this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we celebrate the Church of Latin America, because Latin Americans have a mother, and that is the Mother of God, the Lady from Heaven, who came to a peasant, looking very much like a peasant, speaking to him in his language, and giving him and his people hope. Viva la Guadalupana! Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Happy Feast Day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Chris Dimitrenko. Chris, so nice to have you back with us. I was starting to think that you were going to stay in Israel forever. Well, if I'd seen the weather <laughs> forecast, I might have held off for a few more weeks or months. Uh, but it was a wonderful trip. Pedro. I know. Winter certainly mm -hmm. arrived this last week here in uh, in Canada. Chris, but we're looking forward to all all the stuff that you have to tell us. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend a little bit of time later talking about your experiences in Israel. Mm -hmm. And Mary Rose is uh, it will also be with us in a few minutes with a list of events that are happening across the country as usual. And uh, tomorrow is begins the third week in Advent. So we have a reflection uh, from John Michael Talbot to keep us going for the third week. Um, and uh, later on, we'll also be uh, uh, having a featured conversation with Father Eugene O'Hagan, who, as you know, Chris, is one of the priests. Yes, I'm sad that I missed the big con uh, concert in Toronto, which I I'm know. sure you'll be talking yeah. about. Yes, we will. Mm -hmm. So that was a week ago, and, and you were still in Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and again, so that'll be in about 30 minutes. But before that, Chris, you'll be upde updating us, because uh, we, we've been a little slow on the news in your absence. Yes, well, I'll be talking about uh, two particular stories. One that I was in Israel firsthand for to 
to witness, and that was the case of the deportation of a young Christian girl named Berlanti Azam yes. from Bethlehem University to the Gaza Strip. But we're also going to be talking about the UN Climate Change Conference with a perspective that's uh, both a Catholic perspective and then also looking at a Canadian angle to the story. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that. Um, uh, that'll be in a little bit. But Chris, let's start, as always, with a song. Here are the priests with uh, a song from the new album, Harmony, uh, appropriate today, I guess, in honor of Our Lady, Stabat Mater. Those were the priests with Stabat Mater, a 13th century liturgical sequence that takes its name, Stabat Mater, from the line, the sorrowful mother stood, the first line of that sequence. And I think many of you would be familiar with the English words, at the cross her station keeping stood the sorrowful mother weeping close to Jesus to the last. 
maybe not the best lyrics for Advent, <laughs> more appropriate for Lent, but it's a song for Our Lady and it's the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So anyway, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro, and here now with us is Mary Rose for the first half of our events segment. Hello. Thank you, Pedro. Now, first of all, Vancouver, next week is the third week of Advent, the last full week before Christmas. So Mm -hmm. how is everybody preparing? Oh, I'm sure there's lots. So one way is, uh, well, St. Cyril and Methodius Church in Vancouver is inviting everybody to spend the fourth Sunday of Advent with them at a set-free retreat in Rosemary Heights. Uh So this is a retreat focusing on the Holy Spirit's power of healing and giving back wholeness to the person. So the lectures and workshops include topics like healing through the cross of Jesus and God's plan for healing the family. Hmm. So visit www.eliasvela.org. That's E-L-I-A-S-V-E-L-L-A.org for more information. So that's Set Free Retreat in Rosemary Heights starting at 1.30 p.m. on Friday, December 18th and ending on Sunday, December 20th. And space is limited. So Edmonton. Join Archbishop Smith and other priests of the Archdiocese of Edmonton for the annual Celebration of Life Mass. This takes place at 7 p.m. on Monday, December 14th at St. Joseph's Basilica. And this Mass is in honor of the beauty and dignity of human life. Very important. And for everybody who's a youth ministry coordinator, youth minister, pastor, catechist, parents, anybody working with youth, you're invited by the Archdiocese of Edmonton to attend the Western Canadian Association of Catholic Youth Ministers Annual Gathering. That's WCACYM Annual Gathering. I know, I can never remember that acronym. Yeah, W whatever. Yeah, yeah. Youth Ministers of Canada. (laughs) And that's from (laughs) January 14th to 17th at the Star of the North Retreat Center in St. Albert. Dr. Reginald Bibby is the keynote speaker, uh, and Father Stefano Penna is the retreat leader. And the theme is Responding to Change and Choice, which comes from Dr. Bibby's book, The Emerging Millennials, How Canada's Newest Generation is Responding to Change and Choice. So that's for youth ministers. And for more information, contact Andrew Pappenbrock mm-hmm. at youth at caedm.ca. That's great. I hear all this and my inner youth minister <laughs> comes out. I want to go to the, that meeting, but I won't. <laughs> now, Calgary has two very different events. So you have uh, parishes of the Diocese of Calgary joining together for the All Roads Lead Home Adopt a Homeless Family Program. Mm-hmm. So there are about 12 parishes involved in this project right now. And it'll have its citywide kickoff on January 30th from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at St. Thomas More Parish in Calgary. Registration is $10. It includes lunch. And for more information, check the diocesan website. And for uh, lovers of choral music, please come to the Calgary Catholic School District's Advent and Christmas High School Choral Festival on Tuesday, December 15th, 7.30 p.m. at St. Mary's Cathedral. And this year's festival features choirs from Bishop Grandin, Bishop O'Byrne, Notre Dame, and St. Mary's High Schools, as well as a special guest appearance of the District Music Ministry's own Arabesque Women's Chamber Choir. And Regina, you're invited to a Taze prayer at St. Francis School Chapel in Regina on December 21st from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Now, this simple prayer is based on the daily prayer form of the ecumenical community of the Brothers in Taze, France. Yeah. And it consists of chants, psalms of praise, yes. short readings from scripture, silent prayer, and reflection. It's beautiful. And this hour of prayer is for unity among Christians and for reconciliation among all humanity, something very good to pray for during Advent. Yes. So check the Archdiocesan website for details. And finally, Saskatoon. St. Mary's Parish is having a parish mission from Sunday, December 13th, 
to Tuesday, December 15th from 7 to 9 p.m. and it's called Crib, Cross, and Altar, hmm. a Redemptorist Mission. And since Advent is a good time to take part in a mission because before Christ comes, yes. why not take the time to refresh your faith, renew your love, and rediscover peace and joy. So come and attend this parish mission if you're anywhere in Saskatoon. Very good. Thank you, Mary Rose. So Mary Rose, you're going to stand by and come back uh, at the end of the show with some more events because uh, we need to cover the rest of the country. Sure. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Chris Dimitrenko. Pedro, uh, we're going to talk today about the UN Climate Change yes. Conference in Copenhagen and observers are calling this perhaps the most important conference on climate change and and really the hope is that all the different nations can come to an agreement on how to curb greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, the Pope is not there, but there is a delegation from the Vatican, okay. a five-person delegation led by Archbishop Celestino Migliore. Okay. He is the Vatican's permanent observer to the United Nations. Mm -hmm. He's normally stationed in New York. Uh, where there is the headquarters to the UN, mm -hmm. but he is in Copenhagen right now. Uh, sorry, just to interrupt. So this is a conference that is happening right now. It started last week, correct? Yes, it started on December 7th and goes until December 18th. Okay. So it's a it's a very long conference. Uh, some of the world leaders aren't there for, for the whole time during the conference. They'll be coming for particular days within that period of time, within that block of time. Before the conference started, the Pope spoke about it. And uh, speaking about climate change, he said, this was at the Sunday Angelus Address one day before the start of the conference. He said, The protection of creation demands the adoption of lifestyles that are sober and responsible, especially towards the poor and future generations. He continued, In this perspective, to guarantee the full success of the conference, I invite all people of goodwill to respect the laws made by God regarding nature and to rediscover the moral dimension of human life. Hmm. And this, uh, this was very much echoing previous statements that uh, he has made and that the Vatican has made on the environment throughout his pontificate. Uh, this, the Vatican spokesperson, uh, Father Federico Lombardi, told Vatican Radio uh, one day before that that the Copenhagen Conference on Climate Change will be considered a success or a failure depending on the commitments assumed by governments, especially those of the biggest and most powerful countries. And one of those countries, Pedro, that people have been talking about in regards to the success or failure of Copenhagen is Canada. It's Canada. I, was, I knew you were going to mm -hmm. say that. Yes, and, and the reason why uh, Canada is, is there's so much attention being paid to it uh, is because of our Alberta tar sands projects. Alberta, right. Alberta is a province in the western part of Canada, mm -hmm. and extracting oil from the tar sands is, uh, is considered one of the, the, the highest polluters in terms of increasing greenhouse gas emissions. And so we have received a lot of international criticism. Canada, I think we tend to be, uh, tend to like uh, sort of blend in yes. in the international front. And this is not the kind of attention we enjoy getting very much. Yes. Uh, but certainly adding to the attention, I don't know if this made many headlines south of the border, but on December 7th, a group of Greenpeace protesters, now you know Greenpeace, they're yes. the folks made famous by going out in, in their little boats intercepting the yes. uh, the harpoons being sent out at Wales. Yes. Um, they managed to climb our parliament building. Yes. Now, 
I'm sure it would be impossible for for any kind of activist to climb the White House. <laughs> yes, you, but you, not you here. So. Here, it's quite easy, apparently. <laughs> and uh, so it was. It was really very shocking. Uh, uh, you know, Monday morning on the news, these activists were able to climb to the top. It's still not entirely clear how they did it yes. and unfurled these banners. It took about two hours for police to be able to to bring them down. The two banners were, there was a smaller smaller banner reading Stop the Tar Sands and another banner after that, uh, a very large one, uh, 12 by 7 meters, uh, Harper slash Ignatieff Climate Inaction Costs Lives. That's referring to Stephen Harper, I Prime Minister, and Michael Ignatieff, the leader of the opposition right. in Canada. And so right now people are talking about why there was the security lapse. Apparently there was scaffolding behind our building yes. and they were able to just, to just climb up. To yeah? just climb up. I'd mm-hmm. like to try that. It seemed to be quite easy. <laughs> well, hopefully now they've uh, <laughs> they've uh, they, upped, they've increased security, security yes. a little bit, but certainly it's not the kind of attention Canada wants to get at the start of this uh, yeah. sort of this UN climate change conference in Copenhagen. Very interesting, and it's very exciting to know that the Vatican is participating. It made me think about this uh, ecology project, the church teaching on the ecology that we might be working on here on Salt and Light Television. Mm-hmm. So we should keep our eyes on uh, on everything that comes out of that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris will return in about twenty minutes to tell us uh, all about the last five weeks of your life, <laughs> yes. um, which uh, were spent in. Israel, actually, well, mostly in Palestine, in Bethlehem, right? Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Last week, Salt and Light Television, in partnership with Sony, presented a concert at St. Paul's Basilica in Toronto featuring the priests, Fathers Eugene and Martin O'Hagan and Father David DeLarghi, who a little over a year ago, signed a contract with Sony to record an album of sacred music, an album that became the fastest-selling first-release album ever. The priests have now released a second album, Harmony, and last Saturday I had a chance to speak with Father Eugene O'Hagan about it. Father Eugene, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you very much indeed. It's Wonderful so good to be here. Yes, no, good to have you here. Um, you, your brother, Father Martin and Father David, you, you, you're regular parish priests. Mm-hmm. How did this, this this Sony deal, record deal, come about? It was absolutely out of the blue, fortuitous, you may say. Um, we have a long singing background, uh, and it transpired that Sony had this idea of recording music from the old Latin mass. Uh, I think principally the idea came from Mike Hedges. Uh, he's the man who actually ended up being the producer of our, okay. of our album. Um, and they wanted to engage a priest for that purpose to, okay. sp- to chant the, the parts of the Mass on the album. seemed a very suitable thing for us to be right. associated with. Um, we were asked to, in a sense, audition, to audition because we were told they only needed one priest. And um, our names, I think, Martin, mine and David's kept, kept churning up uh, as mm-hmm. the scout was visiting uh, parts of Ireland, okay. listening to other priests and asking them to sing. Uh, to cut long story short, we, we met in Belfast, um, we sang, uh, both individually and together. That was passed down the line. A couple of days later, Sony representative, through that scout, came back to us and said, they're going to bank that other project, the project of the, the music from the old from Latin Mass, and they would be interested in, uh, in pursuing uh, the possibility of making an album with the three of you, the because they liked, they liked what they heard, uh, the fact that we'd be, we were priests, we were, the fact that we were in our parishes, the fact that we were, two of us are brothers, uh, yeah. lifetime friends, 
had a long history of music and they liked the sound. Yeah, and, and it, it turned out to be a good idea because that album was very successful, if it can measure success in terms of sales. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you're on, you're, you went back to your parishes, we're you're back, back to being regular parish priests, but yeah. now we have a second album, so this is yes. becoming a habit. It's becoming a habit. <laughs> uh, never in our wildest dreams did we expect that the album, our debut album, would be as successful as it actually turned out to be. It was a, you know, a wonderful experience making it, but then its release uh, was across the world, which is you know, unusual in itself. Yeah. Uh, when, when Sony initially signed us up, it was really a United Kingdom Ireland project. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it grew. Uh, the worldwide interest in it grew. And uh, that's, that's been a wonderful experience for us. Yeah. Because, of course, uh, our profile, our, the music we make, the singing, uh, has reached a huge, huge audience. Yeah, no, it has been. Um, just a note I wanted to, to say for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and I'm sitting here with Father Eugene O'Hagan. He's one of the priests. <laughs> Those are the three. I feel like I always have to explain the three, the, sing, three the Irish priests. priests. Yes. But the priests is becoming a household name. Um, you're an Irish priest, mm -hmm. and I know some of our listeners are, are very familiar with the news that are coming out of Ireland, the church in Ireland, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, I guess it's fair to say that it's in a bit of a crisis. Yes, oh, absolutely, um, yeah. How difficult is it as a parish priest right now in, in Ireland? Well, I suppose I'm, I'm the same as many, many parish priests throughout the whole island of Ireland. We've, we've been rocked, shocked, shamed by the reports that have come out of uh, you know, the institutional investigation into care for, for young people mm -hmm. and vulnerable adults, and more especially recently, the report that came out from the Archdiocese of Dublin. Um, uh, you know, we, we've heard revelation after revelation of how there has been, by some few priests, uh, an abuse of their, of their position, the, the trust that should exist between a priest and any person uh, let alone between a priest and a young person, yes. a child who's vulnerable. And that has been the uh, terrible, terrible uh, shock to, to the whole of society in Ireland. Uh, and um, put it this way, the, the one, I think some good will come from this because <clears throat> victims who have suffered haven't been believed in the past. And now, with, uh, without doubt, uh, the church and the state in Ireland accept that what they have been saying all along is the truth. Okay. They, they'd been believed before that they hadn't been believed right. or they were dismissed uh, which was a, which was a, only added to their pain mm -hmm. so uh, finally I think uh, you know our thoughts and our prayers and our hopes of, of uh, reconciliation and healing go to the to the victims uh, the many victims of the of this child abuse uh, scandal in the Irish church um, Secondly, there's no room, we're clear about this, there's no room for offenders in the, in the life of the church, in the ministry of no. the church. No. And I think the Archbishop of Dublin has been absolutely unequivocal about that. And, and I think we, we all priests, all religious, all people must agree with him and share his thoughts and views on that. Um, it must be said, I suppose, priests feel a little bit let down. We're all, we're all ashamed. Mm -hmm. We're let down by those erstwhile colleagues. Um, who, who share with us priesthood, who, who have betrayed priesthood. I mean, it's a right. huge, huge, huge pain for, for, for the many, many priests and the many religious, uh, both male and female, who, you know, have been, who have been beacons of light and hope and uh, role models for so, so many people, including people like myself. That's yes, why I became a priest, exactly. because uh, the people I knew, the priests I knew, were 
wonderful people, yeah. absolutely wonderful people, and it was their example encouraged me to think about becoming mm -hmm. a priest. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy in priesthood, but I know the church in Ireland is going through a very, very difficult time. It will give us the opportunity to review everything, yeah. and it, it will be a period, I'm sure, of repentance yeah. um, across the board, and uh, it will be a, a, a time of reviewing, you know, what is, what is, uh, you know, essential and what is right and what is just for us uh, uh, in today's modern society and the world in which we live and what role the church has to play. It still has a very significant role to play. Yes. The unfortunate thing, people now tend to think that because this has happened in the past, there, is a, there are some voices, at least in Ireland, saying that the church should be pushed to the periphery of society, which mm. is the very wrong way of dealing with. The church has, has given so much yeah. to society in Ireland over the years, and I think will continue to do so when, when, the, when things settle a little bit. Um, at the moment, we're concentrating on a very dark corner of the canvas. Yeah. But there's a bigger perspective there. There is, there and is. the church has a, uh, the message of Christ mm -hmm. to, pre to present. And there are, there are wonderful uh, uh, voices that, re that present the gospel of Christ in the mm -hmm. Irish church today, and I'm sure across the world. That's true. I, lo I love the image of the canvas because in, in, in many ways what you and Fathers Martin and mm -hmm. David are doing is Showing another well, part of the another campus. part of the campus. We, you know, I suppose there's that. It, we're not doing this deliberately to counterbalance, you know, these revelations. It just so happens that, you know, the gifts we've been given in priesthood, uh, the gifts we've been given by by God's grace, you know, the gift of music is something that we can use and have used in all our lives. Mm -hmm. And maybe it'll show, uh, you know, it'll encourage people who are thinking about vocations that you don't have to kind of shelve or put your 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 talents and gifts you know, leave them outside the church. You bring exactly. them with you into the exactly. life of the church uh, and they make you a full human being and you, you add to the, to the ministry uh, yeah. of, of preaching the gospel and, and, and witnessing to it yeah. in a very, you know, unfanatical kind of way, in an ordinary kind of a way, yeah. which is what we're all about. It's more authentic, I think, at the end of the yeah, day sure. if it's presented like that yeah. rather than dressed up in something false. Yeah. And yeah. uh, anyway, the music we make, I suppose, maybe might encourage people to, to realise that you know, they're, they're, uh, take the focus off that corner of the of the canvas and realize that there is a bigger picture. Yeah, let's talk about about the music, or yeah. particularly about the second album, mm -hmm. Harmony. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about it are the liner notes. Oh yeah, because yes. because and just so that our listeners understand, you not just tell us what the songs are, give us the song lyrics, but every song is introduced by one of you yeah. with some personal some personal reflection on it. Maybe it's on the album uh, because indeed we've had a personal association with the song uh, and that it kind of echoes with us, and that's one of the reasons why those songs have ended up on the second album as our choices, uh, songs we love. Yeah. Uh, we're not singing songs that uh, we, we don't like or, exactly. we, or that we've yeah. learned specially for the, for the sake of making an album. Yes. These are songs we, we love and that we love to sing and that we've got the chance to sing and that's a wonderful opportunity. Is there any one particular song that's in this album that is your favourite? That's, that you that's a difficult <laughs> question. All 15 are my favourites in a sense. But if, it had, if I had to maybe uh, answer that question, um, uh, I suppose maybe I could well, the Irish one. I like the Irish one that's on. It's called Be Isa in uh -huh. Crisa, and it's a it's in the Irish language, but it's a beautiful, haunting melody. You know, some of our Irish, many of our Irish yes. ballads and songs are might sound a bit sad, um, uh, but you know, it, it does capture something of the Celtic mystery and yes. mystique, you might say, and our deep and more seriously, our, our kind of deep Christian spirituality. 
um, because life is a bit of a struggle at times. Yes. Uh, however, the melody of this particular song, which kind of in its English translation says, may Jesus be in my heart and my mind and in my life, it gives us the courage to, to go on, yeah. even, even when things are tough. Yeah, so there you go. To, again, to our listeners, that gives you a little yeah. sample. You might listen to the album and not hear Father Eugene telling you about the song, but it's written there in the liner notes. So that's a great bonus. Father, that's all the time we have. But it's been great talking to you. And great talking to you here on and Salt and Light. Yes, thanks a lot. And hopefully we'll see you again when you come back to Canada, maybe with the third album. <laughs> well, we might, get, we might get back to Canada. It'd be great to get back to Canada uh, before we make the third album. If, yeah, when, if you're we get not, that when you're not busy touring, yeah. just come for a visit. Just that come be for lovely. a visit and maybe a concert. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks. If you want to know more about The Priests or how to get Harmony, visit their website, thepriests.com, and mark this down. December 19th, we'll be airing an exclusive interview with The Priests, and December 20th, that's when we'll be airing last week's concert. This is on Salt and Light Television, so stay tuned for more details about those broadcasts on Salt and Light TV. And now, let's listen to The Priests singing the song Father Eugene was telling us about, Be Isa in Krisa, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, in Gaelic, it means... Be Jesus in my heart, in my memory every hour. Be Jesus in my heart, with speedy repentance. Be Jesus in my heart, with everlasting fellowship. O Jesus, faithful in God, do not leave me.
That was B. Isa Incresa from the Priest's new album, Harmony. And coming up is John Michael Talbot with our Advent Reflection for this week. But first, here back with us is Chris. Tell us a little bit about your trip. You were busy. Yes, well, uh, I went over to Israel and the Palestinian territories on November 2nd. And I came back on uh, December 6th. The trip actually got extended a little bit. Yes. And uh, we were filming for a few different projects. One of the first projects that we were working on is uh, is going to the different biblical sites that Pope Benedict visited in his papal visit right. earlier this year and uh, creating a documentary in partnership with the Israeli government tourism office that provides a little more background into uh, why the Pope chose to go to these particular sites, what their significance is. Uh-huh. Maybe if you were watching... Uh, watching him or just reading the news reports of when the Pope was over there, you might not have learned too much about the sites. Right. So we were going to, to fill in some of those blanks, and it was a chance for all of us to experience it for ourselves and for our crew, for each of us. This was our first time going to these yes. places. And really, I, I believe I told you before uh, in, in a previous week here on the radio yeah. that, uh, that it really changes how you see the gospel to be able to yes. go there. and. And even just to be able to know the distances between Nazareth and Jerusalem, you know, where Bethlehem is located um, in, in relation to this, where the Sea of Galilee is. Yes. So you know where Jesus is walking and you, you can have a, a geography to go along with it. And even uh, last week on Sunday when, when we were, uh, when the gospel was about John the Baptist. Right. Now I've seen the in terrain the in which, yes, there. that wilderness. So that was remarkable uh, for me personally. Uh, the other project we were working on was about Bethlehem University. Yes. And in many respects, it's it's an ordinary academic institution mm-hmm. of, of higher learning, uh, except it's caught up in an extraordinary uh, political situation. Uh, Bethlehem, b- between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, is the Israeli security fence. Yes. Uh, that was it was created to primarily to protect Israel against suicide bombers, but it's made transport very, very difficult, particularly for a lot of students coming from East Jerusalem who must get across this wall to go to to university, to come to university each day. And uh, and so we were going to be talking about this, about the history of the university during the the conflicts. Uh, But when we got there, it just happened to be a couple days. We'd already been planning to go uh, after uh, a situation happened that, that has created international attention. Yes, and you told us about it. About I did. Yeah, a young girl, just to re- refresh our viewers, uh, named Berlanti Azam, who was uh, just months away from completing her degree at Bethlehem University, and she was deported. She was deported by going through an Israeli checkpoint, an Israeli checkpoint that was within Palestinian territory. Yeah. Uh, and because she was a Gaza citizen, they sent her back to Gaza. Because she didn't have the right papers to be at that particular area. Yes, uh, her lawyers her lawyers say that she, she did come into uh, Bethlehem legally. Uh, Bethlehem is divided from the Gaza Strip, two mm-hmm. different Palestinian mm-hmm. territories mm-hmm. With, with Israel effectively in between. Yes. And she says she was able to do so legally. Uh, Israel is saying she did not, and they sent her back. Anyhow, what has happened most recently on December 6th is that... Um, there was one more court case, uh, one more uh, court hearing in which the court had asked the government to provide the permit which proves that Berlanti was there illegally. Uh, the government cannot find this particular permit. Okay. And, uh, and, and th- they said that themselves, that they could not find it, but they're still arguing that she was not there legally. 
Uh, Berlanti's lawyers are saying that the court should the court should be thrown out, and uh, and at this point we're still waiting for a decision. Uh, on November 30th, uh, um, one week before, Berlanti was able to go back into uh, back to Jerusalem to be there present for the hearing, and we were able to, you were to speak with her That's right. uh, to be there at the court hearing. And uh, there was an uh, they had announced another delay, and so it was it was very mm. it was very sad for her because she had to g- she thought that there might be a chance she could go back to university. Instead, she has been she was sent back to Gaza to the Gaza Strip, and she's been there with her parents in her home there ever since. Well, we're still waiting a ruling. So you were there at that hearing. What was it like to be in Jerusalem, in the court system in this country, in in this bizarre political situation? as a foreigner well well certainly uh i mean it was it was all in hebrew the court case <laughs> so right. so there wasn't a whole lot that i could understand uh i can tell you though there there were a lot of uh people from the university a lot of clergy were were present mm. representatives of the latin patriarchate uh the christian brothers who run the university mm-hmm. a number of religious sisters who go there as well this this case has really captured the attention of the christian community yep. but not just in the holy land but also abroad yeah. In Canada, the um, the chair of the Human Rights Committee of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, Archbishop Brendan O'Brien from Kingston, he's among many different uh, Catholic leaders around the world who have written the Israeli government on behalf of Berlanti, Azam, and her and her hope to return to Bethlehem University, mm-hmm. but more broadly about issues regarding access to education. Uh, and, and freedom of movement within the Palestinian territories. Yeah, and again, just to clarify, she is an Arab Christian. She's That's right. She's mm-hmm. not a Muslim, so this these uh, walls are affecting not just uh, Muslims, mm-hmm. but a, a great number of Arabs who are also Christian. Yes, and, and it adds to a lot of attention, much needed attention, uh, started with, I think, the papal visit uh, last year, regarding the Christians, Christians in the yeah, Holy Land yes. and, and the struggles that they face. Very interesting. Thank you, Chris. Good to have you back. Thank um, you. So I don't have to do all the work by myself. <laughs> yes. um, uh, Chris, he's our, our, our trusty Salt and Light Radio News producer, Chris Dimitrenko, returned uh, from the Holy Land. Uh, if you'd like to comment on anything you hear on the program, if you'd like to send Chris an email telling him that you're glad he's back, Please do. Yeah, do so. The mm-hmm. email address is radio at salt and light TV dot org. Hi, this is Sarah Hart, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM117. This third Sunday of Advent is traditionally known as Rejoice Sunday. And one reason that we rejoice is because Mary said yes. So here now is John Michael Talbot with this week's Advent Reflection. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Savior, for He has looked For the mighty God 
This is the song of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we hold her in the most preeminent place among all the saints because she dared to believe that which the world would say is impossible. And because of this, Jesus was born into our world to be our Savior and hers. This time of Advent, we, in a specially joyful way now, prepare for the coming of Jesus into our life. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow us, to turn our doubt round to faith, our hatred round to love, our judgment round to forgiveness, our vengeance round to justice. And if we will do this, Jesus will be born into our world because he is first born into our life. John Michael Talbot offering some thoughts on this third week of Advent, and with his song, his version of Mary's Magnificat, Holy is His Name. If you want to know more about John Michael Talbot, go to his website, johnmichaeltalbot.com. Here now are the priests, once again, with a song that needs no introduction.
Those were the priests with Amazing Grace from their new album, Harmony. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And again, it's time for Merry Roads <laughs> with Events. Yes, Pedro. So, Manitoba. Archbishop Weisgerber of Winnipeg is continuing his year-long celebration of the Year of the Priest, which I mentioned last week, yes. with his reflections, and these will take place in the context of evening prayer. And the parish this time, uh, for December 14th on Monday at 7 p.m., is St. Mary's Cathedral in Winnipeg, so you can meet Archbishop Weisgerber mm-hmm. there. And since, obviously, Christmas could be a time of grieving, mm-hmm. St. Ignatius Bereavement Ministry is offering a service called Circle of Light, Circle of Love, a Christmas Remembrance Service at St. Ignatius Church on Monday, December 21st at 7 p.m. And this includes prayers, song, and story to commemorate our deceased loved ones, and refreshments will be followed, will be following. Mm-hmm. And for further information, check the Archdiocesan website. And for those of you who don't know, every year Catholic Christian Outreach has their annual Rise Up Conference. Oh, yeah. And this year will be at the Delta Winnipeg. So Winnipeg is the host city for this year. That's December 28th to January 1st. And the workshops will include topics like becoming a man or woman of God Mm. and growing as a leader since it's meant to encourage, equip, and empower young adults. Yes. And the speakers include Bishop Paul-Andre Durocher of Alexandria Cornwall and Father Thomas Rizika. Uh, so everyone is welcome to attend and they're asked to register as soon as possible. Yeah, maybe just a note. We've been talking about CCO a lot here. So Catholic Christian Outreach is Canada's campus ministry. Yes. Really, it exists in almost all universities across the country. So it, that's the age, university age, but it's not limited to that age. If you want to go to the very best uh, celebration of New Year's, that's it's right. at CCO. So if you're anywhere near Winnipeg, you should go to Rise Up. I actually think the deadline it's, has been closed, but you should try to find out if you're not for registered. Late registration. I'm sure you could register still. Now for Toronto, Lexio Divina with Archbishop Collins at St. Michael's Cathedral is on December 13th. And this year's theme is the parables of Jesus. And mm-hmm. for this evening at 7 p.m., which starts with evening prayer, and then at 7.30, Lexio Divina, he'll be talking about the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Right. Now, December 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m., there'll be an interfaith discussion at the ROM, the Royal Ontario Museum. And the vice president of the ROM will be moderating this discussion between a Muslim, a priest, and a rabbi. Yeah. And they'll be exploring the core teachings of each tradition and revealing what they regard as the truths and untruths of their faiths. And it's funny because our very own father, Thomas yes. Rizika, is the, is the Catholic priest part of this discussion. So yes. that's the ROM on December 23rd, 7 to 9 p.m. Yeah, great event. Now we have Archbishop Thomas Collins announcing a series of masses and breakfasts for the business community for next year. Yes. So the first one for 2010 will be on Jan- January 19th, Tuesday, at St. Paul's Basilica. You know what? We could probably skip the light because they're all in January, right? Yes. So we can start in January. We can announce Okay, them. okay, perfect. Now, for Montreal, there has been a great enthusiasm expressed by those who attended the diocesan gathering for leaders in November. So youth ministers have expressed an interest in receiving additional training to form young leaders, 14 to 18-year-olds. So the Catholic Church of Montreal is holding a youth leadership training day on January 30th from 9.30 till 4 p.m. at the Don Bosco Youth Leadership Center in Montreal. The cost is $20, includes materials and lunch, and after this day, you're guaranteed to have everything you need to provide all the personalized, dynamic, and wonderful follow-ups for young leaders to continue to develop their talents. So come to that event, or to that day of leadership training. Yes. So at Sherbrooke, 
La Familia Marie Jeunesse is a spiritual family of youth, consecrated priests, and yes. families with a Eucharistic and Marian spirituality who live in community. Mm-hmm. And they're also a group of exuberant singers. Oh, yes. As we know, very lively, very, very much in love and with God. joyful, yes. So on Sunday, December 13th at 2.30 p.m., they're holding their Christmas concert in Sherbrooke, oh. Quebec. And they're supporting young people going to World Youth Day in 2011 Madrid, Spain. Yes. So that's exciting. Very good. So thank you, Mary Rose. Um, again, remember, we're happy to know and advertise your events. So it's as easy as sending Mary Rose an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Mary Rose Pacani. Now, Salt and Light Television's flagship show, Witness, continues with more new episodes Tomorrow, Sunday, December 13th, Father Tom Rosica speaks to Bishop Gary Gordon of Whitehorse, Yukon. So that's tomorrow, December 13th, witness at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And if you missed our celebrations of Our Lady of Guadalupe tonight, the Guadalupe Festival will rebroadcast on Tuesday, December 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, and you, you have to watch that festival. It's a great celebration of Mary. It was taped live at the first ever Marian convention last August in Phoenix, Arizona. And that festival is followed by the International Rosary at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. And our Advent programming continues on Thursday, December 17th with part three of Festival of Faith hymn fest now this was taped also live at saint peter's cathedral in london in london ontario it is a celebration of music and scripture and it's really a great way to continue entering deeper into advent and moving closer to christmas which you experienced pedro yes i did and so uh, you guys should experience it too so that's festival of faith hymn fest that's next thursday december 17th at 9 p.m eastern 10 pacific and next saturday december 19th i mentioned earlier uh, will be an, an exclusive interview. Father Tom Rosica interviews the priests, Fathers Eugene and Martin O'Hagan and Father David DeLarge, with newly elect Bishop uh, Bill McGratton. So they're all in conversation, a portrait of the priests. That's December 19th at 8 p.m. And on Sunday, December 20th, the following day at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the concert. Harmony, an evening with the priests. We've been talking about it for two weeks now. So that'll air December 20th at 9.30 p.m. An evening with the priests, a concert called Harmony. And also, so as we don't forget the kids, yes. since they need their own programming too, um, remember that every Saturday morning we have children's programming beginning at 10 a.m. So next Saturday, Cherub's Wings at 10 a.m. is followed by... Miss Charity's Diner at 10.30 p.m. And by the way, Cherub's Wings is a show for toddlers. Yes. And Miss Charity's Diner is a great show for elementary school-aged children with puppets. So it's a puppet show teaching them values and meaningful lessons. Yeah, it's great. Cherub's Wings is, is great. It's a little uh, uh, animated <laughs> little <laughs> angel little that goes around. He has little around. adventures. And, and, and Miss Charity's Diner is kind of like a Sesame Street puppet thing. Um, it's, it's, it's very good. And, and now that we're in, in Advent, many of those children's shows are about Advent or about Christmas. So don't just look to secular broadcasters for Christmas programming for your kids. Check Salt and Light Television as well. And you can get all that information on our website, www.saltandlighttv.org. So check our monthly updater and see what else we have that might interest you. Yes, and that's all for now. 
Um, if you missed any part of this show or if you want to download it, go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio and you can find this program and all our radio programs. But what about next week, Pedro? What's on the show? Next week, we speak to Man in Black and also he's our featured artist, Father Tim Devine. He's, uh, he's with the Companions of the Cross in Ottawa. He's been making music with his, with his brother, Matt, since they were children. Um, and also we'll, be gonna w also we'll be speaking about the controversial HPV yeah. vaccine here in Ontario. Well, well, that sounds good. I'll, be I'll make sure I'm here. <laughs> I'll make sure you're <laughs> here too. Um, anyway, I hope you are. Let's, let's end with another song by the Priests. Here they are from their new album, Harmony, a good song to send us off, a Gaelic blessing. Thanks for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Bacani. And my name is Pedro, and this has been Salt and Light Radio. <laughs>